This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Cindy Robinson, Caroline Gonzalez, and Ashley Amos. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Black and Blue Report. It is Friday, so you know who your hosts are, Cindy. Ashley Amos. And Caroline Gonzalez. Oh, I guess I should have said my last name. I didn't know if we were doing like the first name thing. Cindy <laughs> Robinson. I say my name so much. So, I, I don't want to try something new, you guys. No Robinson for once. Okay, Cindy Robinson. Um, you guys, such an exciting time for New Orleans sports. We're yes. obviously talking Saints. We're going to give you some Pelicans talk. We're, for Saints talk, we have Cassie Calvert joining us a little later. From Baltimore Ravens, My and girl. Then, yes, she's formerly with the Saints and Pelicans, so that's you know some family love there. <laughs> and then later on, we'll have um, Karen Loftus join us for some Pelicans talk from WGNO. There you go. So it's a fun day, fun day, all ladies. You know, shout out to your ladies out there. We're shout out to all the ladies. I'm just saying, working in the sports industry, it's a great thing. I love to see us ladies progressing. Mm. Uh, you guys. Like I said, though, New Orleans sports, it's such an exciting time, especially in this building for Pelicans and Saints. Let's start off with Saints, though. We have coming off the bye week, got that rest, came off a great win going into the bye week. Mm-hmm. Momentum should be good, but I'm almost a little slightly, just a little bit, tiny bit nervous about, like, being too rested. No? Anybody? No, I don't think so. I think the Saints are going to build off of that huge Monday night victory. Yeah. You know, there was obviously so many factors that went into that game with Drew Brees breaking the record, Mark Ingram returning. I mean, the Saints were dominant on in all facets. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, first off, Thomas Morissette didn't even punt. Mm-hmm, so right. uh, my dad even asked me, he's like, is Thomas Morissette okay? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dad, he just didn't have to punt. He just had to be game. on the sideline <laughs> and hold the ball for Will Lutz. Um, but, you know, I think this is the time in the season you, as a Saints fan, as um, a player, you know, they finally have started to gel. You know, you have that three-headed monster back right. on uh, offense with Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Drew Brees. Um, but, you know, I think this is kind of where you start to really cement your place and – you know, in the playoff run, you know, and in your division in your division and also in the playoff. And you look at the Saints schedule. I mean, it is not an easy yeah. mm-hmm. schedule. These well, next three games. Right. Whew. Well, some good news is that since 2009, the Saints have been seven and two after the bye week. So it's looking good on the up end for them. They've been pretty consistent and, you know, coming off strong off the bye week. Yeah, and I think you have to, you know, sorry, Caroline, but I You're think, fine. you know, it, you, when you have a leader like Drew Brees, who is so experienced and someone who, you know, I, I, if you were around this facility, you saw players in and out all the time True. this past, True. this bye week, yeah. you know. And so I don't think, I think that, you know, the players definitely enjoyed their families, but I think the guys are all focused and yeah. they're grinding and they know what this team can be and they're not going to let up. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about the matchup. Obviously, it's going to be a tough one with Baltimore being the number one defense in the NFL right now. And 11 sacks last week is unheard of. But, you know, (laughs) it's okay because I have faith in our offensive line. They're going to protect Drew. Drew's only been sacked eight times this year. So it's we have a, you know, a strong offensive line. I'm like you said, with having Mark back. Alvin together, it's going to be a good matchup. Obviously, let's not forget about our wide receivers, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. We'll see some more of Cameron, Med- Cameron Meredith and Traquan Smith. Traquan. Yeah, yeah. So, ha, ah, you guys, I'm just ready because I missed football like after last week. But 
not to be outshined. You know, Pelicans started, you guys, this week. And I'm sorry, that first game got me so excited for the season. I know people say don't get too hype off of it, but... We're undefeated. At the end of the day, right? You got to, like, let's be real. We're 1-0. I mean, I think, you know, Coach Gentry mentioned in his post-game press conference, I think it was Fletcher Mackle asked him, you know, Coach, not to be, you know, ask you a football question, but this was a state, was this a statement win? And Coach, of course, was like, you know, we have, you know, 81 81 more to go. This is, you know, you can't say that. But I also kind of disagree a little bit with that because you came in to the number one seed last year in the Western Conference house and beat them by 19, I think. On on James Harden's night. Not to mention all the talk about, well, will the Pelicans continue the success that they had last year? Well, and then, you know, People wanted to take so much stock into preseason, and the team never did. They said they had a great training. Uh, Alfred Payton touched on this yesterday. Had a a great training camp, so their preseason losses really didn't mean much to them because they took that time to – figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. They were taking that as practice. It didn't matter if they won or not. Like, obviously you want to win, yeah. But it wasn't going to be something that they you know, took to heart and like, oh, well, we're going into season. Not being, like, they knew what they were capable of, and they showed that. And I've been saying this since day one, and I've said it on this show. There's a different vibe and a different feeling mm-hmm. around this team. Mm-hmm. In my time here, it's different. And one thing that I noticed, too, pregame, the whole pregame is completely different than my time here. They – they have a different way of preparing. You know, Mike G and Jason Summerlin over there are two trainers, you know, great guys and really have this team. That everyone's bought in. Yeah, and they have a system now. It, everyone's bought in. And I think you can see that translate on the court. You know, Alfred Payton having the triple-double, you know, Julius Randle, Nico Meritage, like, say, playing yeah, yeah. playing the, uh, a great game, the beardless wonder. You right. know, don't grow the beard back anymore. <laughs> right. Keep the brow. Uh, don't uh, grow the beard. But <laughs> I, I think you have to like what you're seeing from this team and I think some people will say oh it's a fluke whatever but I think you know if you are a Pelicans fan you I mean you want to be out there tonight for the game against the King home opener have the Smoothie King Center buzzing because this is a I mean this you you want to be behind this team like like I said I posted something on social media and I said jump on the bandwagon now because if not the train is going and yeah we will leave you behind we will (laughs) leave you behind (laughs) well the one thing that I think too is that like their energy Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's subtle because like they don't. They don't have to boast themselves up too much, but you see it in practice that they're having fun playing with each other. They're getting along. The mm-hmm. chemistry is great from the jump. Not oh, well, we have to learn each other still. Like they're still obviously learning, and chemistry is going to grow. But automatically, you see them all connecting, and I was like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. Like this is this, this make me excited to see them play. <laughs> well, one thing that we've talked about on the show before um, that you've mentioned, Ash, is impact winning and unselfish basketball. So mm-hmm. I think we saw that on display on mm-hmm. Wednesday night. We saw unselfish basketball. Obviously, Anthony Davis had a career high, eight assists. We saw impact winning, and everyone was playing their role so well. Mm-hmm. You saw Julius Randle, who people kind of doubted at first, and Alfred Payton, um, you know, playing Alfred Payton playing their role so well. Um, and I think 
they were just going on all cylinders. I think Alfred Payton kind of showed people what he could do. And coach has said several times that he has the freedom now to run the offense and do exactly what he needs to do at point at the point guard position. And he's never really had that freedom before. So I think we'll see Alfred Payton get a little bit more comfortable in his role at, at the point, And we'll see uh, a lot of things happen in this offense. And one thing I do, like Ashley, you were mentioning, talking about is it a fluke and everything. One thing I hate to see is when – People like to downplay a good game, like, you know, a good hard work ethic or, you know, whatever their actual good game that they play and say, well, Houston's defense. Sucks. Well, that's irrelevant. You're like, you have to show up every game. So whether or not Houston showed up or not, the Pelicans did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, give them their credit. Because, like, honestly, the stats showed enough. That's beyond just Houston's defense being bad. Like, there was great chemistry on there. Alfred, like you said, leading the team making some great looks, great passes. Everyone, I feel like it was a good game for the Pelicans. I have watched this Pelicans team. Well, it's not fair to say this because it's very different. But But I've watched the Pelicans, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And one of their biggest weaknesses is the third quarter. If you ever look at stats in the third quarter, you would be horrified (laughs) to see what our stats are. I don't have them in front of me, but they're not good. So, but... I think that was something that was so refreshing for me is, you know, we go into the half, you're up you know, this. I can't remember the, but we were up a substantial amount at that point, And you're like, but okay, like we haven't gotten through the third Buckle quarter. No, literally like, everyone on Twitter we, was saying, yeah. that, like, can we please get through this? Third yeah, quarter? but we haven't gotten through the third quarter. And to see the team come out and be as aggressive as they were and to continue to play is and just compl- play a complete game. They never let. Houston back into the game and that was something I think that we have improved on as a team and something to be super excited about moving forward is that you know playing a full complete game I haven't really seen that out of the Pelicans in a long time Um, unless you're looking at the playoffs but really regular season it's been a while on both sides at that so yeah definitely excited well okay before we get into our interview with Miss Cassie Calvert A word from Sanderson Farms. Who do we champion at the Sanderson Farms Championship? We champion the children of Mississippi. Each year, all championship proceeds go to charities across Mississippi, including Batson Children's Hospital. Join us October 22nd through 28th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, fun, and good, honest Sanderson Farms chicken, all to raise money for charities like Friends of Children's Hospital. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for your tickets today. Now joining us to talk about this Baltimore Saints matchup, well, I guess I should say Raven Saints huh? matchup, is Cassie Calvert. She is the social media coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. But she was Correct. also a former employee here with the Saints and Pelicans. So... <laughs> My first question is, Cassie, who are you going for? Um, I will be rooting for the team that pays my bills. <laughs> I don't blame um, you. I completely guys. understand. Yeah, this is full circle for me. I used to be on the Black and Blue Report on Fridays back in the day. So thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us. No, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of full circle for me, too, because um, knowing that you used to be on this show on Fridays interviewing mm-hmm. people, and now we get to interview you. <laughs> And if uh, I recall, Ashley, your first ever appearance on the Black and Blue Report was with me. Yes, it was. My debut <laughs> back in the day. 
Love it. Um, but no, um, Cassie, obviously a very interesting matchup this weekend. Um, the number one defense against one of the top five offenses in the league. Um, kind of just talk about what fans can expect to see from this uh, Ravens defense. Yeah, great question. So obviously the Ravens are coming off this really incredible performance in Tennessee. Um, it was a matchup of our former defensive coordinator, Gene Steves, who is now at the Titans, and our new defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who is someone that the players here really, really love, love playing for. And the thing that they really talk about is he really gives them the freedom to make the calls on the field. So a lot of what you'll see, especially given the fact that they know Drew Brees is on the other side, is they really try and disguise their coverages. So Willie Sneed, obviously, former Saint, said this week that if Drew Brees knows what you're doing, then you're kind of screwed. And that's something that I think our defense has really taken to heart, that they'll really be trying to – disguise their coverages coverages excuse me throughout the game but they're coming off this 11 sack um which was franchise record game against tennessee is also franchise record for passing yards allowed obviously drew Brees is a very formidable um opponent to have on the other side of the ball but they're definitely looking to build off that they've played great so far this season they haven't allowed a second half touchdown all year um so definitely a good matchup there but not to overlook the matchup of the Ravens offense and the Saints defense, who I think both teams are kind of being stuck on in that regard. Um, so it'll be interesting for sure. I'm excited. Well, an underlying storyline, or I guess what the media are trying to make a storyline, is Drew Brees has never actually gotten a win mm-hmm. against the Baltimore Ravens. I know Terrell Suggs, I saw an interview with him, and he was talking about, don't, you know, don't curse us. He's super superstitious about it. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think makes the Ravens such a challenge for a quarterback like Drew Brees? Yeah, I think it is that ability to disguise coverages. The Ravens have always had a good defense, and I think this year we'll see them kind of set some of those franchise records that that 2000 defense is known for. Um, but I think especially this year, the Ravens defense is really deep and they're really healthy, which is huge. So we have Jimmy Smith, who's just starting to come back from his suspension. He missed the first four games of the season and they're kind of working him back. So he's that really big, deep threat that you have on the defensive side of the ball. He's really good at covering those top receivers. So it'll be interesting to see if they have him on Michael Thomas. Um, he's just really that shutdown corner. That's a huge part of any defense. And I think, like I said before, just the depth and the fact that this team is really healthy. Our defensive coordinator said this week he calls them the three H's, which is healthy, hungry, and humble. And that's just kind of their bread and butter there. You know, we talked about Drew Brees, but on your offensive side of the ball, you have Flacco mm-hmm. at quarterback, but you also use almost a two-quarterback system um, with Lamar Jackson even sometimes lining up as wide receiver. Talk about his development as a young um, player and where he fits into the offense. Yeah, certainly. There's So last week he kind of had his first big breakout play. I think he ran for about 26 yards. It was something like that off the top of my head. Um, they're still looking for those kind of big explosive plays from him. They're still developing him as a quarterback. So he's been working a lot with our new quarterback coach who brought in James Urban this past offseason, who has been big for both his development and Joe Flacco now that he's healthy this year, uh, which has been a big part of his success this year. But Lamar is definitely still working on a lot of the quarterback mechanics. They brought him in, like you mentioned, in a couple of different offensive sets. It's been a He's played about like around five snaps every game, so they're still kind of working him in. But it's definitely something that I think they like that opposing defenses have to prepare for because he is that deep threat. Like he, you just never really know with him. He could break a playoff at any minute, and no team <laughs> wants that to be against him. He is certainly 
ready to find the end zone. He was disappointed that last game he missed the end zone by about a yard. So he's like, if I could have just pushed my legs like a little bit further and just <laughs> fallen in there, I would have had it. So he is definitely ready to get in the end zone. You know, the Saints offensive line will definitely have a challenge against uh, your defensive line. We're a little beat up a little bit in some places, Mm -hmm. but your offensive line is also beat up a little bit. Um, Alex Lewis out with an um, or he's questionable. I don't know if you can Mm -hmm. give us any inside scoop on him. I know he had that neck injury. Yeah, so he it was really scary last week in the game. He obviously got carted off against the Titans and taken to the um, hospital during that game. But he was able to fly home with the team from Tennessee, which was obviously good that he was able to be admitted so quickly. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't practiced yet this week. Coach Harbaugh described it. He said the best way to describe what he's dealing with is kind of like a pinched nerve in his neck. Mm. So it's nothing long-term or serious, which is obviously fantastic, but it has limited him this week. So his status is still kind of unknown, given that if he's not able to go on Sunday, which at this point no one's really sure um, how that will look because with the pinch nerve, it's just hard to predict. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have two rookies who could definitely step in on the offensive line. Um, In the Titans game, Bradley Bozeman, who is a center from Alabama, he -hmm. played the final 17 snaps after Alex Lewis left the game, and he did really, really well. We also have Orlando Brown, who they've been playing. He played in, at right tackle during the preseason. So if he were to come in, they would probably end up switching James Hurst from right tackle to left guard, where he played all last season. Um, so there's definitely some shifting going around there in the O-line. It'll be interesting to see what the coaches do. But Marty Morningwood, our, our offensive coordinator, said this week that he's comfortable putting either Bradley Bozeman or Orlando Brown Jr. into that starting lineup. So Obviously, we would love to have Alex Lewis back out there because the O-line has been really good at protecting Joe with that lineup on the field all season. But um, the rookies are definitely capable and showed that in the preseason this year. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. I was going to say, you guys are pretty deep. You had eight different players grab a sack last week. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah, certainly. That's something that I think has been a problem for this team the past couple years. Last year, we were really bogged down with injuries and so it's been really nice to see all the guys who are here this offseason putting on a ton of work and that conditioning has really paid off I think to be injury preventative throughout the season knock on wood that we haven't had to deal with anything too major um, which has been great so like Wink Martindale said this week like having a healthy team is so huge. Well, it's definitely going to be an exciting matchup. Definitely a, a hard stretch for uh, the start of the Saints. Uh, the next couple of games are very difficult, starting here with the Baltimore Ravens. But, uh, Cassie, I know I speak uh, for everyone here at the Saints and Pelicans organization. We're so proud of you and so um, excited to see all the great things you're doing over there on the show. And um, um, I'm kind of bummed I'm not going to get to see you this weekend and everyone else is. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it should be an exciting matchup for sure. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Excited to see everybody this weekend. All right. Thanks, Cass. Some great insight from Cassie about the Ravens. Can't wait to watch that game this weekend. Switching gears to the Saints neighbors, the Pelicans, we now have Karen Loftus of WGNO joining us. Karen, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Hi, guys. (laughs) Glad to have you on. Um, Let's start it off. Karen, Pelicans started off their first game against Houston with a win. Tell me a little bit about that coming from your insight as a reporter covering the Pelicans. Yeah, I was super impressed with what they brought to the table. I think we all were. Um, 
very impressed that they beat the Rockets and beat them so handily. Mm-hmm. At one point, they were up by almost 30 points. Um, pace was on point. It was exactly what Gentry wanted. And I was saying the other day that, you know, on the flip side of that, they took care of the ball, too, which I think was a big part of it. They helped that they were shooting lights out, too. Right. Saw some good stuff from Nico. Um, at one point, he was six for six from beyond the arc. I think he finished six for eight. Um, you know, good production from all of the big guys, which was huge. Points in the paint, high percentage shots. Overall, very good. Well, it's one of the things you kind of saw out of Julius Randle. Obviously, I think a lot of people were very happy with his performance. Um, but kind of long term, do you think that um, the way he played Wednesday night is something that he can keep up consistently, especially with how fast the Pelicans play? Yeah, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. And I think all the guys can. I mean, I think their training camp and what they all sort of signed up for, they knew the pace was going to be that fast. And I don't think Gentry and, and Demps would have brought guys in that couldn't maintain that for right. an entire season. Right. Well, speaking of that pace, Alfred Payton, another guy that was brought in to replace, you know, what was here last year. What do you think of him? What did he showcase in that first game? I think it was exactly what they wanted to see from him in the fact that he goes in and gets rebounds, even mm-hmm. as a guard, and he turns around and flips it and gets it off the court in two mm-hmm. or three seconds was exactly what they wanted. You know, they want somebody who's going to create scoring opportunities. He had a couple, you know, really good passes to Anthony Davis facilitating. And then I think you're going to see that, you know, sort of getting away from just Alfred specifically. But when you talk about positionless basketball and these guys that are doing everything on both mm-hmm. ends of the courts, I mean, I really think that you can see that very often from him this season and we should expect triple doubles from Alfred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think he did, a, he did a really good job. Um, and I, that was cool for him, you know, hometown guy getting a triple double in his first game with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. That was neat, of course. I want to say no surprises because Anthony Davis is always one of those phenomenal players each, you know, each game. But the attitude this year is that of I am a superior player. What do you think of that? I like it. I like it. For me, it's like, all right, it's about time. Let's talk. Because for so long, he's been a leader by example, which Mm -hmm. has been amazing because he's a great guy to follow, work ethic, what he does on the court. And I'm attributing this to Rondo Mm -hmm. and his role with the team Mm -hmm. last year. Uh, You know, and Anthony even said that Rondo would come to him and be like, listen, like, we need you to talk. We need you as a vocal leader. Like, it's time. Like, you are a superstar. Mm -hmm. You are this good. Now, the way you can add to that and be an even bigger facet of this team is to add in the vocal leadership part and speaking confidently. And it's not from an arrogant position. I mean, when you get a superstar, like they're a superstar for a reason. Mm -hmm. And just now that he's talking about it, it's nice to see um, that he's, you know, just being more vocal. And even in the, I was thinking about this at the open practice Mm. that they had that was so cool for the fans to see him sort of as a, in the MC role. It was a big step. Mm-hmm. It, it was, was a, a huge step. step, and he seemed comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He seemed like he's embracing that role, and I think that's going to go a long way with the fans. I think so, too, and I think it's it's nice to see him, as you said, finally getting comfortable in that role, and I think the more he gets comfortable and the more um, the guys surrounding him kind of build him up and see him in that light, the the more successful he's going to be. I, now we can't – oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to piggyback off of that and say, do you think the league is going to buy into it? Because, like, obviously we they already give him the credit of being one of the top players in the league, but seeing him be better than LeBron, better than a James Harden, like after that first game, and obviously it's just one game, yes, right. but after that first game, undefeated, you're, you're seeing, yeah, I know, right? Gotta, <laughs> we're undefeated, dang it. But after that game, do you feel like that's going to help 
the league buy into like you know the fans nation to buy yeah. into that and just to get him on the radar of some of the people that don't watch pelicans night in night out right. i mean he was leading the headlines mm-hmm. in all the national you know right. sports shows except the next for morning. the fact that some of it is about oh is he gonna go somewhere else will that subside some right. will we get rid of that Hopefully, because I mean, let the guy play. Like he's here, let yep. him play in New Orleans. He wants to be here. He wants to win here, right. and he's here. So let's live in the moment and stop thinking where he might go. And right. I think his swagger is kind of helping his case a little bit because now he's like, yeah, I am the best player right. in the league, and yeah, I can lead this basketball team right. no matter who you put around me. So I think that his his confidence and his swagger is kind of helping the national talk a little bit. It's all about believing in yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Karen. Obviously, we know the starting five and what they bring to the table. You know, Drew Holiday is going to perform every night. You know, Anthony Davis is going to perform every night from the bench. We saw Darius Miller last year and Ian Clark step up a lot, especially after the All Star break last year do you kind of see them stepping up even more this year especially with those two guys I would say I hope so Mm. um but with those guys when they put it when they were put in they'd be sort of streaky Mm -hmm. um but it came at good times you know like and even Ian Clark too like all those guys maybe when some of the starters weren't producing Mm -hmm. then those guys were stepping up so it was timely streakiness if you will you know like they can turn it on when they can and as the game unfolds depending on their matchups how it unfolds and how the matchups go Mm -hmm. that if they're getting their shots and they're making them and they get a hot hand I mean you know those guys are great shooting from the outside Karen you have a nickname for Ian that I saw you you and some of the other reporters talking about on Twitter and I actually kind of love it I want to hear it yeah Um, so we came up with um the hashtag i the letter i see buckets Ah. which we were very amused it was one of of the games when when ian clark was was having himself a game Mm -hmm. and it was just you know because i'm over by the cameras and you know the reporters are over the other side so we're just sort of tweeting back and forth like let's come up with a hashtag um so obviously i see Mm -hmm. for ian clark his initials and then like i see like I see it. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. Um, so, like, you know, Ian Clark getting buckets. So, I see buckets. Y'all use it. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I like definitely. it. I, I'm going to have to hashtag that. Over Do it. Social right. <laughs> social media. If you see it pop up, you know who tweeted yep. it. Yep, yep. Karen, you do um, a segment with players, not just on the Pelicans, but all over uh, where you sit down and kind of share a box pizza with them. Yes, best idea I've ever come up with. Love it. Okay, so I have to ask the question because it's all over Twitter. Do you think that pineapples belong on pizza? That's funny because I feel like this is like a question that's it's yeah. And I'm, about to, I'm, I'm definitely going to judge you based off your answer. So Please. let's see. Yes, we're Please. all going to give our opinions. Okay, so I've been about that pineapple and pepperoni life since I was in high school. Pepperoni or Hawaiian pepperoni? Oh, okay. Hmm. And it's my pizza back home in Maryland. Lido Pizza does the best on the Lido's. planet. You do? Yeah. Oh my God, it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so Lido Pizza, pineapple and pepperoni. Or I'll do pineapple and bacon. They have mm-hmm. really good like pre-cooked bacon. Or I'll do the, the, the Hawaiian, but pepperoni first. But it has to, it depends on the place. Mm. So Cindy? So I'm about it. Okay, you don't Absolutely like <laughs> not. Absolutely not, Karen. Pineapples do not belong on pizza. I love pineapples, but not on pizza. And it's weird because I do like to have sweet and salty things together. Okay. Like I like candy when I'm eating sunflower seeds or chips or something. Mm. But 
pineapples on my pizza are not for me. So if y'all could see the judging not, look she's giving should, me. I mean, I'm really this. glaring at her <laughs> right now. Like, it is, it's disgraceful, kind of. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I love you, Karen, but no. It's fine. I'm kind okay. of a newborn pineapple on pizza lover. No, listen. Okay, Karen. because. Two to one. Because, Count it. Yeah, Karen. because this The is, world against you two. <laughs> this, is, this is what I started doing. So this place downtown called Mr. G's Pizza. So you can have barbecue sauce on your pizza instead of the regular marinara sauce. I like that. And good. then you have barbecue chicken and pineapple and jalapenos. You know what? Both of you. So now. I, I'd try it. Now I'm a believer. Have you I mean, tried it though? Hold on. Yes, I've tried, tried pineapples on there. The thing about it's not like it's, oh my God, God awful, terrible, but it's one of those just like, eh. It's not your eh. first choice. Mm. Because okay. like warm pineapples throw me off kind of. Mm. I would Like I would, too I warm. Like, like it's just. Like, you just cooked it. Like, it's not... So what if it was cold pizza? I lied, though, because I do like pineapples on, like, ham, like, honey baked ham, you know, like... Mm-hmm. We're, we're, okay. But that's the one, like, that goes together. We're making her a believer. I'm yeah. not. I'm, you're not. I'm it's pretty not sure working. we're getting pineapple on pizza right after this. Yeah. I, I'll try. I really I'll, want some. I'll, I will try. Yeah. Which you were talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to go to Mr. G's after a game. I've already time. tried the pepperoni and pineapple, and I'm okay. going to pass. Yeah, as long leave, as you've tried it, that's Leave my pepperoni alone or add bacon. You try it and you don't like it? Cool. Yeah, no. We'll go after a game sometime. Okay, okay. But um, speaking of games, tonight the Pelicans do play a home opener against the Sacramento Kings. What are you kind of expecting? Obviously, we heard Alvin Gentry last week, you know, don't get too excited. We still have 81 games left. Um, But it is a home opener, and the Pelicans did kind of make a statement whether whether Alvin Gentry wants to say it or not. Um, So what are you kind of expecting to see out of the Pelicans tonight? I would expect more of the same, Hmm. Um, just – fast pushing the pace and I mean I would I would hope that the three big guys can have as much production as they did before mm-hmm. um I think you were saying Randolph was out mm-hmm. so I mean you know that's always works in their favor if they yeah. have another big guy that's that's out on the opposing team um as far as like fans go though I mean I really think that people are going to show out yeah. just building on the excitement of the playoffs last mm-hmm. season and seeing how many people were there for the open practice too yep was pretty cool. And, you know, that's going to work in the Pelicans' favor, too. You know, we were all there for the playoffs, how loud it was in it there. It was so awesome. That it was, was amazing. so cool to see. So I would hope that the fans are going to show out, and that would only build, you know, the Pelicans' momentum and their energy and, you know, the excitement of it all. And I think it's going to be fun for them to see them playing fast again because yep. they got to see it last year, obviously. Yep. Um, but to see them sort of pick up where they left off. And some new faces. Oh, we were talking to Alfred yesterday, and somebody asked, you know, how many people you got? And he's like, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, hometown like, boys. Yeah. Man. Family coming in for sure. Um, AD mentioned today, like, fans, there's kind of no reason for them not to be there. It's a Friday night. You don't got work tomorrow. So he said no excuses. He not a Saints to, game. He expects right. to see the Smoothie King Center packed, which I agree. Like, Smoothie King Center. Is that not what I said? No, I know. Oh, I'm you're talking about Stephen A. Smith. Oh, Smoothie like, King Center. Yes, Smoothie <laughs> Stephen A. We sent him a nice little care package. I wonder if he got it. Did he yeah. say it wrong? No, no he, he was just, just was talking about the Smoothie oh. King Center. He's like, Smoothie King okay, gosh, like, Center. Yeah, I an MVP to come out of the Smoothie King so as if oh, the gosh, Staples yeah. Center was any better. Right. Else. I, okay, I'm the telling you, when they first arena. named it Staples Center, I was so confused for the longest time because you know there's a place called Sta- uh, Office Supply. Right. Staples. Like, really? Mm-hmm. That's what. Like, if you think about names across the world, like, at least Smoothie King, you could actually sell that at the games. People yeah. come get a smoothie and it's like, it fits. Right. You spe- you selling staple office supply at Staples Center? No. Mm-hmm. So like what? 
Free anyway. binders, free binders, free giveaways. Right, right. Um, free t-shirts for the fans tonight. Yeah, it will That's be awesome. Fun. Yes. You, see, you guys, there's always a reason to show up. We we help you guys. We, <laughs> come for you know, the t-shirts. Giving you gifts. Come for the game. Come for the smoothies. You know, stay for the there's smoothies. There's just so much you could do there. There's be no there. reason not to be there. But yeah, AD said there's no excuses, so he expects to see you guys. Support your MVP, people. That's what I'm saying. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for joining us. It was a great time talking to you. You have to come back. You bet. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Make sure you guys head to pelicans.com to get your tickets for tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. We want to see you in those seats. Fans can check out Pelicans Fest for some music, Dixie beer, and more ahead of the game. And then the doors open at 6 p.m. with a 7 p.m. tip-off. For those who can't make it, you can catch the game on Fox Sports New Orleans or the live radio broadcast on WRNO 99.5 with our very own Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, and Daniel Salerson. Reminder about Sunday, the Saints take on the Ravens in Baltimore. You can catch that on Fox at 3.05 p.m. And then you can also listen to the radio broadcast at WWL 870 AM with Deuce McAllister and Zach Street. Until next week, enjoy your weekend, everyone, and go Pelicans and Saints.